The Yankees lose the series against the Reds, and my allergies are acting up. Let's talk about it. Episode 391 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get to it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's What's up, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to episode 391 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series. Knicks every game when they are in season. MMA on weekends. Although, we kind of just sporadically do MMA now, whenever. (laughs) Um... And I am not high, by the way, okay? I have allergies. I have, like, my allergies are acting up pretty bad right now. Um, so, like, my eyes are red, or at least one of my eyes are red. Um, not high, just have allergies. Um, the Yankees might be high. I mean, what the fuck? That was rough. I mean, it's... Listen, they, they've kind of been playing rough baseball lately. Haven't been the same since that Houston Astros series. Uh, since the start of that, they are now 11-9, and nine, I believe. So that's their last 20 games. They're 11-9. and nine. So they're back to being a mediocre baseball team at the moment. At least for this stretch. I don't know how long that's going to last. But we'll talk about it. Here in episode 391 of the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. I appreciate it. Whether you are listening to the show. On Apple Podcasts. Or watching the show. On wherever you're watching it. You can watch it on Spotify. And you can watch it on YouTube. But if you are listening on the many platforms that you can listen to the show on, um, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. We are currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. I'm also on um, social media. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. And of course, if you guys like to read, I've got a blog. I write for ultimatesportsnetworks.com. So if you go there and you put into the search bar, 
the Bomber Barker blog, you'll find mine, where you can use promo code 6A2841ERJC to sign up and subscribe to the Bomber Barker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com. This way you get a discount, 20% off your subscription, and 10% off all merch. So, I write Yankees and Knicks content on there. Um, haven't been active recently, and I mean like the past couple months, because the, the servers are always down, dude. So, um, as soon as they get back up, I will be active on there. We have a whole half, you know, a little less than half of the season to go. But, um, yeah, let's get into it. Let's not waste time. Um, the Yankees lose a series to the Cincinnati Reds at home to begin their final homestand of the first, I don't like calling it half, but the of the pre-All-Star break segment of their season. Let's, let's be blunt. They made a fool of themselves. So let's talk about it. Get to our first quick break. And, um, yeah, stay with us. Hey fellas, I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. All right, so it is uh, Friday, July 15th, as I'm recording, and it's Friday, July 15th, as you are listening to this podcast, or again, maybe watching. Um, and the Yankees, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they dropped two out of three. It was bad. Um, before we get into it, I just want to let you know, I will probably not be here for the next four series, as I am going away the next two weeks, so I'm going to miss the next four series. That's about maybe 12, 10, maybe 10 games, because we do have the All-Star break coming up. Um, I am going away from now until the end of the month, um, so I'm I, probably not going to be back until the end of the Royal Series, where we'll most likely have an episode out then. Um, I might do an episode here and there while I'm away if I bring my equipment, but most likely going to be off for the next four series. Um, and... I don't think I've missed a series yet. I honestly, yeah, I mean, I think the the one, there was that White Sox series where I didn't feel like doing an episode, so I just did five minutes of bullshit, so I guess that's the only one I didn't really do much for, but I've been here, I think, every night or every series, so uh, I'm going to miss the next four, though, uh, most likely. Just, you know, I get one break a year, okay? One vacation a year, and um, that's, that's what happens in the summer, folks. Uh, not that anybody listens to this. Literally nobody comes and listens to this show. But, um, yeah, you know, there's an article um, a couple days ago I read um, talking about the Fenway series and how it, it basically talked about David Cohn's CS propaganda and his bias. Um, and I'm I'm reading it, but I'm laughing at it. It's like, wow, you people are finally starting to catch up to this. I've been on that train for fucking four years now, man. It's 
why do you think I can't stand listening to the, I can't listen to the guy. His analytics obsession and his uh, mainly yes bias. Did it's too much. But I saw that article, and I don't know if you have too. But what was it? It was it was it a Yanks go yard article? I forget which blog it was, but yeah, I'm, I'm reading it. I'm like, yeah, no shit. That's that's been happening. Um, just and he was he was making excuse after excuse um, during the Garrett Cole game at Fenway. It's just pathetic. Um, but yeah, uh, Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade is back on the Yankees. That happened. Uh, Greg Bird is officially off the team, or the uh, out of the organization. That happened. They cut him. <laughs> so, thank God. Um, although my my over under bet with my buddy, I think I had him seeing seventeen and a half. Was it games or at bats this season or something like that? That's not going to happen. So I lose money there. Um, but let's talk about Yankees Reds. Um, yeah, the first game of this set, the Yankees win. Um, no, they lose. Sorry, they lose uh, four to three. Um, Garrett Cole versus some random Ashcraft. This was the game that was delayed an hour. Had an eight oh five start. Um, they did the judge double rest bullshit. Uh, Gallo was in there over Carpenter, also bullshit. Um, this was the game where I lost my bet in the most pathetic way possible. It, I had Cole eight strikeouts, Yankees on the run line, and the over five and a half alternate runs. Looks like I was getting the first two. I got the strikeouts from Cole, um, and it looked like I was on my way to the run line, and all I, I didn't have the over for like eight and a half innings. I end up getting the over. But it's in a bad way because the Reds take the lead in the ninth. Um, so, uh, no, but the bottom of the first inning, the Yankees start hot. Uh, two batters in, they're up 2 nothing. You know, Anthony Rizzo, the two-run single up the middle, scores a couple of runs. Bottom of the third, you had Josh Donaldson ripping an RBI single to the outfield. It's 3 nothing Yankees. And then that was really it. Top of the ninth comes and and Clay Holmes chokes once again. He had absolutely zero command. Um, I didn't have a problem, honestly, with with Aaron Boone. Excuse me, um, sticking with Clay Holmes, just because it's Clay Holmes and he's been your staple all season. He's your closer. He's the best. Reliever, one of the best relievers at least in baseball. You also had the three batter minimum rule, and you're not going to warm somebody up during that span with Clay Holmes out there. So I didn't have a problem with him sticking uh, with Boone sticking with Holmes. Holmes just happened to to choke. So nonetheless, he cannot get it done. Peralta comes in. He looks good for a bit. He was so close to getting out of it, but he chokes. Can't get it done once again, too. Um, and then, you know, some bad defense by Jose Trevino. Um, Isaiah Connor Falefa not being able to come up with the ball. Overdiving, if that's the term. Um, Donaldson, I thought, made the right play to go home there. You, you, I never like letting runs score anywhere in the game. Um, 
late in the ninth inning. That's that's a great play to make. But the Yanks lose. Uh, they lost four to three. Ashcraft goes five innings, and they go with their bullpen one inning apiece from Hoffman. I don't know the other two. I don't. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this fucking kid's name. Gibalt fucking mis mispronounced that shit. Um, and then I, some other kid, San Martin. I don't, I don't. Don't care. They're they're randoms. Um, the Yankees got seven strong innings from Garrett Cole. King pitched a good inning in the eighth. Then you had Holmes, who couldn't even get an out, and then Peralta um, for one inning. Cole was great. Garrett Cole was phenomenal. Um, I, you needed it. You needed it bad from him. You know, he went seven innings, four hits allowed, no runs, one walk, and striking out 11 batters in the game did Garrett Cole. He's actually our featured starting pitcher of the series. Um... Yeah, seven innings, no runs. He threw 113 pitches, and he was, I think his final pitch of the night, his 113th pitch was 101 on the gun. So, he looked good. He's, unfortunately, he didn't get the win, uh, obviously. Uh, but he lowered the ERA down to 3.05, so it's getting closer. Hopefully, that can go under three by the time he is done with his first Again, half, I put in quotes. Um, we'll see what happens against Boston this weekend. But it was a good bounce back. You know, he had all of his pitches working. Uh, he once again ditched the cutter, which the cutter hasn't really done anything for him. It's been pretty shitty for him. So he's I think he's basically done with that pitch. But the fastball was there. The slider was there. The knuckle curve was there. He looked good. Um, nothing to really move him up on the scale in terms of where I am on, on him. It was the atrocious Reds. Um, it's like, where was that against the Red Sox? Not saying he wasn't masterful. He was, but... And it was unfortunately unfortunate that it went to waste. But, like, Garrett Cole is going to be evaluated by Yankees fans, the smart ones at least, um, on how he pitches against the Red Sox. That's just the bottom line. So he, if he truly wants to bounce back and you know work his way off the shit list, um, at least mine, then he has to bounce back this weekend against the Red Sox. Yes, he's at home. Um, fortunately, Devers is going to be in there, and I want Devers to be back. Because I want Garrett Cole to take them on full force. And I am glad that Sale's going to be pitching this series. Evaldi's going to be back. I want the Yankees to prove themselves. And I want Garrett Cole to do so. So, I, I yeah. Um, I think this is a big one for him coming up. So, yeah, man. Good outing for Cole. I, I, I can't complain at all. Uh, offensively, the Yankees scored three runs on nine hits. Two of them went for extra bases. Um, four walks drawn, five strikeouts, two for six with runners in scoring position, eight left on base as a team, and grounded into two double plays. Uh, Glaber Torres was 
three for four in this first game. He had a walk, two doubles, and a single, so on base four times. Um, he was obviously thrown out at third base there towards the end. And the final inning did not hustle out the box there in the final at bat. Staring right at the ball, gets doubled up. That's unacceptable. That can't happen. Um, the base running by the Yankees this year, you love that they're being more aggressive and it's not just, it's not station to station, just conservative too much. You like that, but you also, it's like now we're getting a bit reckless lately. We got to be smarter. Rizzo's taking third base. Donaldson's st- like, we got to be careful too. Like let's, let's find that balance. Um, you know, I'm not some analytics freak, you know that. So I like stolen bases. Um, but sometimes the Yankees are just stupid, flat out stupid. And Torres, not a good night on the bases for him towards the end of the night there a couple times. Didn't love that. Um, Rizzo was one for three with a walk, couple RBIs. DJ one for three with a walk. Stanton one for four. Donaldson one for four in RBI. IKF and Gallo one hit apiece. Uh, Trevino was the lone Yankee to go over four. And then Hicks left the game after fouling a ball off his shin. He is okay. Um, he wants to play tonight. I don't know that he will. I think Boone's going to give him at least a couple of games. Wouldn't be shocked if he sits the rest of the um, pre All Star break. Sec- uh, I don't want to call it a half because it's not a fucking half. Um, but yeah, it was a game that felt like a blowout. You were laughing about it. Three, nothing. You felt like with the Reds being as shitty as they are, the Yankees would have just cruised to this win. I was laughing at Glaber getting called out of third. Like I was like, Oh, Glaber's going for a triple. All right, cool. And then they did that. That happens. Holmes chokes and, and they lose, but whatever. That was the first game of the set. Let's talk about game two right now. So this one was um, the rare victory. The one victory of the season, of the series, sorry. The Yankees took this one 7-6 to six in extra innings, 10 innings played. Uh, Severino versus Mike Miner who thankfully the Yankees never traded for that guy when he was on the market a couple years ago. Um, I actually didn't see a chunk of this game. I was working, but uh, I was listening to it on the radio, and and wow, was it bad. Um, Basically, Severino gets bitched around right away, right out the gate. Uh, Let's up a run in the first inning, and then he comes out in the second inning. Three more runs score on back-to-back-to-back home runs. Three consecutive home runs allowed to the seven, eight, nine hitters in the Cincinnati Reds lineup. Um, as bad as it gets, that's as disgusting, as putrid as you can be. Um, and it's 4 nothing Reds just like that. Uh, he was throwing 93 out there, so that was a concern. He goes out for a third inning. Boone finally pulls him and gets the MRI. We find out it's a Lat strain, it's something with the back. He's going to be placed on the 15-day DL. Um, so he'll probably miss a few starts. 
maybe a month. Um, hopefully that's all. But maybe it's a blessing in disguise, right? Because with all the worry about the Severino innings limit, it's it's been a, basically a three-year layoff. Maybe this is a good thing to just you know, take a few weeks off, relax, come back refreshed sometime in the second half um, post-All-Star break. And yeah, you know, it could have been a lot worse. I always like to prepare for the absolute worst. You know, that's just the way I like to go. So, like, this news was actually decent to me. Because I like prepping for the worst. This way it's easier to accept when it's not. Um, but, yeah, he was bad and it's 4 nothing. Uh, but the Yankees go out and score 5 in the bottom of the 3rd. You got Rizzo with a fielder's choice. That scores a run. Glaber Torres slaps a base hit. That scores a run. And then the IKF, the go-ahead double, scores three more. It's 5-4 to four Yankees. In the fifth, though, the Reds take it back versus J.P. Sears, who's most likely going to be filling in for Severino these next few starts. Um, and hopefully that's all it is. They score off him at 6-5 Cincinnati. Uh, Stanton then porches one in the 8th to tie the game at 6. Big clutch home run there for Giancarlo. Um, And then the bottom of the 10th, the Yankees walk it off on a wild pitch. So Cincinnati walks Rizzo to get to Giancarlo Stanton because they want the double play there since they know Stanton hits into a lot of those because he cannot move out of the box anymore. Um, And they had Stanton 0-2. They had him 0-2. They go with a waste pitch slider. That ends up being a wild pitch. The runners move up. And you think you know, you know think with runners on second and third in the bottom of the 10th inning on the verge of, of losing, the Reds would not call for another slider. And, uh, and they do. And it's another wild pitch. And DJ comes in. And the Yankees win. Um, DJ has the interview after. With Justin Shackle, who asks the most ridiculous question a reporter can ask. I mean, I mean, I give the reporters shit all the time for asking the most cliche bullshit questions. This was like up there with the worst of the worst. You know, DJ, what do you see when you're on third base there? And DJ basically goes, he did, he did go. I don't know the words, the word for word, but basically he. I saw the ball pass the catcher and I scored. Like, like just, what do you, what else did he see? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, DJ scores. It was his 31st, or 34th, 34th birthday. Um, and he scores the winning run. So he, he had two hits also. He had a good night. IKF had a couple of hits. He had two doubles. Two doubles for IKF. Three RBIs. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Stanton, Torres, the other two Yankees with multi-hit games. They had two hits. Also, each of them with an RBI. Rizzo had an RBI. Um, Judge, Rizzo, Donaldson, and Gallo each walked. Um, It was a good game for Michael King. He got himself into and out of trouble in this middle game. The slider looked fantastic. Um, great break, great break, and he was painting the black with it. <clears throat> um, IKF, another bad defensive play in this game. 
that's got to change. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, that was the third game. The Yankees won. Um, I'm sorry, that was the second game. That was the second game the Yankees won. And uh, let's talk about the third game of the set, though. Let's get to it right now. Um, Yeah, this last night was another rough one. Uh, the Yankees dropped this one 7-6 in 10 innings. He had Nestor Cortez going up against Luis Castillo. Okay, um, there was no score until the fifth inning. That's when former Yankee, who's having a really good year, by the way, Brandon Drury, picks up the sack fly to score one. Uh, but Stanton ties it in the bottom of the sixth with a chopper to Jonathan India. Run scores. Top of the eighth inning, Joey Votto and Farmer with a couple of singles. That scores three Cincinnati runs. It's four to one. But the bottom of the eighth, the Yankees, as they usually do, answer back. Aaron Judge goes yard for homer number 31. Glaber Torres clutches up and ties the game with a home run to right field. Four to four. And then you go to extras from there. Top of the 10th. Litke shits the bed with hanger after hanger after hanger. Just atrocious. Um, Just... A pitiful performance from Lucas Lickey, who I hope is cut as soon as some of our other relievers get back. Um, and then bottom of the 10th, the Yankees, you know, kind of make it interesting. Carpenter slapping that home run. Uh, Two-run shot to pull them within one run, but that would be it. They were not able to do anything else from there. Um My questions, um, it's like, why why you go why go lasagna there? Why are we going with Loisaga when he has been hurt all year? And when he'd been healthy, he's been horrendous. And he's going to get the ball in the eighth inning of a tie game for his first game back in two months? The fuck was that? It frustrated the living shit out of me, man. Like, Nestor pitched a fantastic game. He was fantastic. Great to see him bounce back. And he only, I believe so. I believe, I, I might be wrong. I can check it. But I'm pretty sure he only went 89 pitches. So you couldn't at least let him go back out there? Let's check, because if it's actually 89, I'm going to be livid. 89 pitches for Cortez. But you go lasagna there. I I don't see the logic. Very questionable at best. Um, if, you know, meanwhile, you got Luis Castillo, who's about to be traded, allowed to throw damn near 120 pitches out there. I mean, if Boone wasn't as soft as they come before this... I, I don't know what that was. That makes him... Whatever. It, it melted. Like, it was terrible. Or at least if you're not going to go Nestor, because 89 pitches is, God forbid, way too much as a guy who's about to enter All-Star break, um, at least get Miguel Castro up there. You know? As much as I'm not a fan of Miguel Castro in tight games, 
it's the relatively competent move there in that scenario. I'd still rather Miguel Castro than Johnny Lasagna on a two-plus-month layoff with an eight ERA. Just It was the most garbage decision you could make there. Um, and then you had to go garbage bag Licky and extras. Still not Castro. Um, but I, I understood that move more, you know. You wanted the lefty matchup, I believe, and it was just, it was, you know, pick your poison, I guess, at that point. Um, but the lasagna decision was absolutely atrocious to me. Nestor, again, great seven innings, four hits, one run, one walk, four strikeouts. No home runs allowed, which was nice to see because that's been his problem lately, leaving that cutter up there, getting banged around. But it was a good bounce back, nice to see. Again, doesn't really move the needle much for me. I, I need to see him produce against Houston, produce against Boston. Um, but it, at least it got his confidence back up before. You know, if he had another bad start entering All-Star break, that would have been concerning. That would have made some noise around the Yankees. And, and, you know, is he the same? But it was at least good to see that. For the time being, he lives another day. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm a little concerned about Lasagna. I, I think we'll talk about him in a second. Well, we'll just run through it real quick. I don't know. I'm going to give him time. Okay, it is his first game back. But, I mean, he wasn't good before the DL stint. His ERA is now 830-something. 8.30-something. That's terrible for a relief pitcher at that. His stuff, like he's throwing hard. I don't know. It looks a little flat. It's like it's not missing any bats. It's middle, middle. It's getting barreled for hard contact all season long. He's letting up hits. It's just not working. And it's reminding me of when he first came up with the Yankees and he was experimented with as a starter and it didn't work. I'm a little concerned. I want to see more. I'm not going to sound the alarms yet, but I am a little concerned. We'll see what happens. Um, at least Abreu looked great. A little wild in the beginning, but he looked good. He found the zone, and he dominated with his breaking pitches and his hard-throwing sinker, two-seam, or whatever you, want, whatever you want to call it. After that, hopefully he can become a weapon. And I don't know when Marinaccio is supposed to be back either. But yeah, um, it was a rough series. Um, there, there were some good moments offensively. You had Glaber Torres look good again. He went five for thirteen this series. Couple of singles, couple of doubles, and a home run. Three RBIs, one walk, four strikeouts, four runs scored, and ten total bases in this three-game set for Glaber Torres. On the year, Glaber batting two seventy-three with a three twenty-nine on base percentage, a four uh, four ninety-six slugging and an 825 OPS across 79 games. 14 home runs on the year, 40 RBIs. He's back. He's been back for a bit. But the thing is, now he's starting to hit for average, right? The power was there all season. But now, Glaber Torres is starting to hit for average again. And I mean, he's starting to look like Rookie year Glaber, sophomore season Glaber again, where he was hitting in the 270s. And I love that about him. I love having a second baseman with power, but I love having one that can hit for contact. 
right? That's so valuable to have a guy a guy like Torres being able to hit for average to a degree, and um, hopefully he can continue to live in that 275 area. Um, but yeah, the swing path is in the zone again. He's got that right center field approach we always talk about. Um, he's just got to be better on the bases there, though. That was awful, awful, awful. Um, and that was the first the first game of the set. Bad. Uh, but he, he had a great series, so he gets one of our position player, feature position player spots there. Um, and so does Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, I guess he's become a controversial topic. He was 4 for 9 this series. Couple of singles, couple of doubles, 3 RBIs, no walks, 1 strikeout, 6 total bases in these 3 games. And on the season, IKF is now batting 273 with a 321 on base percentage. 326 slugging and a 647 OPS across 79 games. Listen, his bat is fine. I am good with his bat. Um, I know the analytics freaks don't like him because um, he's aggressive and he doesn't hunt for walks. Um, But listen, if you're going to make excuses for guys like Hicks and talk about, oh, offense is down around the league. Look at Hicks's on-base percentage. Like even when Hicks was struggling, there were analytics freaks um, praising his 320-something on-base percentage because offense offense is down. So Hicks is still getting on base. And in like IKF is he has that on base with the average up there. Like these Zoomer metrics and even just the basic stats can be very skewed. Because IKF has had stretches where his bat has helped, and the numbers have been good, even analytically for stretches. Where he so he's impacted the team positively and contributed the team positively for stretches. We even broke that down a few episodes ago. But he's also had these do nothing series stretches where that makes the numbers look worse. So it makes the overall numbers look like he's not done anything all year. From game 1 to game 80, whatever. But in reality, he's had some good stretches. So he has had a lot of positive moments. Where the analytics freaks just look at the overall numbers and say, oh no, he's been bad all year. No, that's not true. And I also think if we're going to cry about IKF not getting his precious walks, which is a vastly overrated stat nowadays because players just hunt for walks and we, we, we put so much emphasis on the walk, the walk, the on base. If we're going to cry about that, then let's praise him for his elite as ever, especially today, guys, his elite 13% K rate. Let's give him some respect for that. I mean, Gallo sucks. Joey Gallo is atrocious. And the nerds, God forbid... They lay off, they, they get on him. Like, they're still making excuses for Joey Gallo, talking about bad luck. Despite his batting average being insanely lower than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. His on-base percentage being significantly worse than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. His slugging percentage being basically the same as Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. His OPS plus being lower. His strikeouts insanely higher than Falefa. And him being... 
a guy who came here with expectations to these nerds as one of the best hitters in the game, one of the best power hitters in the game. He had expectations to be this big-time hitter for some of you. And his numbers are worse than IKF, who's apparently this terrible hitter to you people. Like, the bat is fine. It's not terrible. It's not the greatest. It's average to above average at times. It's decent. It's whatever. It's fine. What's bad about Falafel is, and I've just said his name in like three different ways in the past three minutes. Um, what's bad about IKF is is his defense, right? The power is bad, yet, yeah, but the bat's fine overall. It's the defense to me, okay? Um, like the defense, uh, it's got to be better. It's below average in my opinion. Um, there are routine plays that he's botching. Even the eye test is starting to catch up with the analytics. And I'm not sure what the analytics actually say about his defense, but I don't think they're good. And it's been bad to a point where, like, I'm still on the, like, as, as I'm a, I like the kid. But I would not mind at some point calling up Peraza if we're going to keep the kid. Like, shortstop's an important position. And if you can't play above average shortstop, if you can't play above average shortstop on the New York Yankees, God forbid, I don't know if I could trust you in the playoffs. I don't know if you should be in the lineup because of that. So that has got to improve, especially for somebody where IKF's calling card is supposed to be his defense. The adjustment, you know, transitioning from second base to shortstop shouldn't have been this bad. He's not making good. He's not doing the job. I shouldn't be holding my breath like I was with Miggy Andujar every time a ball was set to third. I kind of start to do that now at shortstop. It's not that bad, but it's bad. It's not good. It's below average. It's almost Torres-like. He's got to be better. You could even say it's Torres-like at this point. So I like the bat, but the defense is, is not good. So I'll give you that. But I don't want to turn it into a positive because IKF had a good series. He had a productive series. God forbid I say that. I had no problem with him. Except for the defense. But the bat, in my opinion, this series outweighed the bat. He had a positive series. Uh (laughs) We just went on the whole rant there. Yeah. The Yankees dropped two out of three. (laughs) Um, Listen, I... They got to do some stuff here. I don't think the world's ending. I think it's just a rough patch. I think just going to the All Star break, finish out this um, last series here. But we need starting pitching. I do not trust Tyone. Hopefully, he can at least get back to being, you know, a number three, number four pitcher. Severino, we mentioned him, done for a bit. Um, there's still questions about Cortez. I trust Montgomery. He'll be fine. He'll be who he's always, he'll he'll be who he always is. Um, Cole's gonna be Cole. He just needs to step it up against the Red Sox. But I, st- yeah, we need pitching. I, I I don't think that's a question. We need must get a starting pitcher, and I would love. To get Luis Castillo. The kid throws easy gas. He throws 98 with ease. He actually reminds me a lot. Of Luis Severino. Good stuff. 
breaking pitches, fastballs. Like he reminds me a lot about him. Strikeout pitcher. He's a number one, number two. And if you get him in that rotation with Garrett Cole, with Luis Severino, wow. That's a huge one. And I think Cashman has to do everything it takes to get him. I don't give a shit about these prospects. I don't care about any of them. I'm trying to win a World Series right now. The Yankees' window of opportunity will never be as big as it is right now. It's closing. But right now is their best chance. I'm not hugging one single prospect. Not one. If you need to to make a deal that might hurt you in the long run, but it'll get you closer to winning a World Series right now, make the deal. You can't keep both Peraza and Volpe anyway. Make a move that's going to get you a chip. And make multiple moves. Because I think this team's... I mean, the bullpen... Listen, Holmes, you know, Holmes blew his second save at Fenway. He picks up his first loss in the first game of the homestand here. Uh, and he looked even looked bad in the middle game of the set. Walked a batter, allowed a hit. Needed 23 pitches, which was the most he's needed since his first blown save, which was on the 20th versus Tampa. I, I think he'll eventually be okay, hopefully. Um, Licky, I, I think we got to DFA that guy uh, as soon as Herman or maybe Britton gets back, they'll do it because Britton's a lefty. Um, Peralta, <laughs> two real bad ones in a row before the final game of the set uh, or the middle game of the set. I don't know about Peralta. I was never the biggest fan of him. Uh, Licky, I, like I said, I don't like. Lasagna, Starting to scare me. I don't know what the hell's going to go on with him. Castro, I don't like him. The Yankees have zero faith in him, apparently. I mean, they you saw it. Not going to him there. Chapman looks better, but do I care? No, the guy sucks. I, I think you got to get a reliever. I think maybe you go after a reliever. David Robertson would be a great one. I would love to add him. So get a starting pitcher for sure. If you can, try and get a relief pitcher. And of course, the lineup needs help. Like I said, you got to get another bat in there. And a contact bat. Somebody who hits for average or at least makes good contact. Um, And Andrew Benintendi would be great. Unfortunately, the Yankees are, as the reports say, at least for now, out on Benintendi because of the whole vaccine thing. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, It's his decision. And... It's his decision until it's somebody else who gets it. No, you can get the vaccine. Somebody else getting it is not going to double up the chances. Of, it's, it's not how it works. Um, it's his fucking decision. Um, honestly, they should just do what they did with Josh Rizzo. Get him a fake card. Uh, <laughs> I just triggered a whole bunch of people. Honestly, man, it's it's whether it's, again, starting pitching, relief pitching, uh, get another bat in there. I am not so sure I have a ton of faith in Brian Cashman to do all that it takes to win. Like, between the prospect hugging, like, usually I feel like the best he'll do at the deadline is get one big name, and that'll be enough to appease most of the fans because they see that name and they go nuts after it for, for a bit. But I truly feel like they need a Castillo and they need an extra bat. And honestly, a decent bullpen arm. Like, I feel like you need one of each here. But why do I feel like it's going to be half in, half out at the deadline? Why do I get this feeling? Right? Like, 
there's a lot that needs to change. Like it's the it's the same shit with the lineup. It needs improvement, right? Judge has basically disappeared for about a month uh, since June 24th. 18 games, he's batting 179, 276 on base. This is actually since that Houston series, by the way. Um, he's been getting a few days off here and there too because uh, he's maybe playing through that lower body injury. Stanton has got to start doing more. If he's not hitting a home run, and he hits a lot of them, he's doing zero. Basically home run or nothing. And I guess that who he, that's who he is. But he is down to 232 on the year. His on base is down to 313. He's got to start heating up. Like, he's streaky. But we're still waiting for that hot streak post DL stint. And he's been cold with some homers in between for a while. And he's also a 268 career hitter. Right? So it's like, there's at least got to be a little bit of that in there. You know, we'll see him occasionally go on these single streaks where he racks up the oppo base hits. He'll find holes in the second base side of the field. Hold on one second. Sorry, they're doing the landscaping outside and that got loud for a minute. Uh, hopefully the mic didn't pick it up. I don't know. Um... But yeah, it starts with those two. Okay, they got to get hot. Um, Carpenter has been awesome in the meantime. Kind of picking up their slack, right? He's awesome. Um, But, I mean, he's not playing every day. He absolutely needs to start playing over Gallo every day. The rest of the way here, he should be getting at-bats. With Gallo, you got to DFA him. Stop playing the guy. You're not going to get anything for him but a can of Fresca and some cashew peanuts. Um... That's that was my go-to when I was younger. I used to go to my aunt's house and uh, I'd sit there on the front porch, wash she her backyard. Like the train would go by in the forest, and I would drink Fresca and eat uh, cashew peanuts out the out the can. <laughs> so you're not going to get anything for Gallo. In the meantime, just play Carpenter because it's completely inexcusable that he has to sit one to two games every series. He sat the first two games this series. Like, if he sits one game versus Boston this weekend, I'm going to lose it. And again, if he does, I would not be shocked. Because, like, between, like I said, between Cashman, Boone, the resting, the, the analytics department, the nerds, sticking with guys too long, all that. Like, I just feel like this team, way too much, they will rest on their laurels. And that's a scary approach that could eventually catch up to them. We got to be more aggressive. Like, we can't just see that we're winning games this year and just be like, all right, we're good. We can afford. No, you got to keep going full throttle here. It's just annoying. And so this lineup needs another bat. Usually they get shut down by good pitching. And they did versus Castillo. He bitched them around. But, I mean, even this series, a bunch of world-class bums we're shutting the Yankees down for, for most of the series. And that's pretty repugnant, man. So, you know, when, when things don't go right for this team, you hear a lot of those 2021 comps. Um, but I'm getting like 2019 vibes with this year's team. Ever since that Houston series, I've been getting 2019 vibes. Where I think they'll win 100 to 103 games. But unless Cashman goes 
full throttle this trade deadline and does everything it needs to it takes to win I don't know that I have that special feeling and I do hope those 98 comparisons are are gone throw that out the middle throw that out the historics all the magic that's all gone they're not winning 120 games anymore um they aren't the 98 Yankees they aren't even the 09 Yankees which I've compared them to no throw that out that's really hard to do they're not winning that many games. They're not having this record-breaking season. They're, they're back to just being a very good team right now. Cut that shit out. Um, it, just go out there and, and dominate. Just keep winning for now. And t- this team's going to be truly evaluated on how they do in the playoffs. And how they do in the playoffs will depend on what they do in a few weeks at the deadline. Um, but for now, go out there. Got to sweep Boston, in my opinion. Not win the series. Go out there. Sweep Boston. That would establish dominance. That would get fans' confidence up again that you're having this special season. Um, So you want to call this team special? Do special things and go out there and show that Boston has no reason to, um, or you have no reason to to, um, be afraid of Boston. Like, do what you're supposed to do and dominate. And that's it. That's all I have. We're going to head to break one last time, come back, finish up with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and that'll be that. Stay with us. We will be right back. All right, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone, and on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. So BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. So maybe sometimes you want some peace and quiet and you don't want to listen to or watch the podcast. Well, I got good news. I also write a blog. If you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you put into the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog, you'll find my Yankees and Knicks content. So go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com, search the Bomber Bocker blog, and subscribe to the Bomber Bocker blog using promo code 6A2841ERJC. This way, You get a discount, 20% off your subscription, and 10% off any merch that you purchase for the Bomber Bocker blog. So one last time, go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com, search the Bomber Bocker blog, and subscribe to the Bomber Bocker blog using code 6A2841ERJC.
All right, welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 391 of BD4. Thank you for tuning in. Um, let's wrap it up with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. And then from there, that'll be that. And I'll see you guys in a few weeks. All right. So let's get to our question of the day to wrap this up. All right, so for episode 391 here, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is, who were the last three Yankees to win in a... Oh, fucking can't speak. God damn, fuck me. (laughs) Who were the last three Yankees to win in MVP? All right, who were the last three Yankees to win in MVP? So let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you get it incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. So one final time, guys. Who were the last three Yankees to win an MVP? All right, so that's it. Uh, Hopefully the Yankees uh, bounce back, Jesus, this weekend against Boston. Uh, But this series against the, um, the Cincinnati Reds was not great. They go 1-2, and two, score 16 runs, give up 17 runs, giving them a negative one run differential in these three games. So the Red Sox are next. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the Yankees can sweep, establish dominance. You want to be great, want to be special, want to be different than the rest of them? Sweep. Finish out the, uh, the All-Star, the post, or finish out the pre-All-Star break segment of the season strong. And, um... Hopefully that'll be uh, what happens. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and I'll see you in four or in a damn. I'll see you in two weeks because we are going to be taking, if you have not heard, the next four series off because we're going away. So thank you for tuning in all this time, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, guys, that is it. Thanks, ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.